Hey folks, welcome to the first Shah Salvos episode of 2023. Hope you're doing well. It's been a little bit of a break since uh, we've uh, been on here and updated you with uh, things that are happening in the life of our church and also uh, playing the message uh, from the church service, uh, which we'll be doing uh, today. We've got a great message that Joel Campbell shared with us uh, on Sunday or yesterday, recording this on a, on a Monday morning uh, on yeah, Sunday, the 29th of January. Uh, really looking forward to, to playing that for you. And also a few little tidbits of information of different things that are happening around our church. Yeah, been a little bit of time, but uh, we're delighted to be back in it and uh, plenty in store for a big year, not only for our church, uh, but also for the official church podcast here with me, Jack Clifton. Well, let's not uh, waste any more time. Let's jump in and take a look at your Shire Salvos news of things happening around our Menai and Randall locations. Well, first things first, you, you do know that church is happening each and every week, 9.30am at 11 uh, Pilliga Place at, uh, at Bangor. There are a few other activities and different things that are happening now that uh, school is starting back this week. Uh, all of our youth groups and, and kids church and different things, they're all up and running uh, for 2023. But there's also a few other events uh, for you to be aware of. The first is the Girls' Day Out. So they're having a picnic on February 11 at 3pm. Uh, that is a Saturday. That's, that's down at the Kumeo Pleasure Grounds, uh, right there on the water down at Kumeo. Marina. It's a wonderful spot and uh, hopefully some nice warm weather and uh, the girls can enjoy a little bit of fellowship, hanging out with each other. It's yeah, great to be doing these things uh, outside of a church setting as well. So the girls day out, uh, February 11 at 3pm. Elise Akawai is organising that alongside Kim Briggs. So you can contact either of those just to let them know uh, if you are going to come or if you do have any uh, questions uh, about the event as well. Uh, also, the other thing I want to make you aware of is our muster weekend away, our church weekend away. I went to my first muster camp last year. Had such a good time. Great to be, um, yeah, standing in fellowship with with other Christians from our church, but also a great opportunity to to grow. Where you're, I guess, kind of away from away from home and, and maybe in a bit more of a, a secluded um, area um, where you're, you're around other Christians and you're hearing from the Word and you're hearing the message um, a few times each day, as well as yeah, obviously getting a chance to to get away with with friends and, and potentially family and, and that kind of stuff. It is a wonderful event. So it's happening on the weekend of the 16th to the 18th of June this year. So that's the Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so yeah, the, the registrations aren't open as of yet, but we'll let you know when uh, when they do open just to it's, uh, save the date for our, our Master Weekend Camp. Uh, 16th is the 17th and 18th of June. If you're someone, I guess, a little bit like me that yeah does uh, generally work on, on weekends and finds it hard to, I guess, to kind of commit to the whole weekend, you can come down uh, for just a Friday night or if you, you can um, you can come for the Saturday afternoon or even uh, just the Saturday night. Um, there's yeah, there's different things that are happening all throughout the uh, the weekend. So you yeah, don't feel as if uh, yeah you you need to miss the whole camp if you you can't commit to all three days. Uh, there is opportunities for you to yeah potentially uh, kind of uh, yeah go to a little little bits of uh, of each day or a, a full day or an afternoon and, and different things uh, like that. Well, that wraps up all of the latest news we have here on the Shire Salvos podcast this week. So now we're going to jump in and listen to the sermon and the message from Joel Campbell from yesterday's church service. It was wonderful to hear uh, from Joel back up the front and no, no doubt refreshed after a holiday of a, of a couple of weeks as well. But he was speaking to us about rest and it was, yeah, it was uh, a very thought-provoking pro- uh, thought sermon from Joel uh, talking to us about the Sabbath, something that we probably don't focus on uh, too much as, as Christians. Sometimes I know me, I've kind of pushed it away and, and thought of it as, as something that uh, is from the olden days, it is from the Old Testament that I don't need to worry about. But it's, yeah, it's important for all of us, I guess, we're, we're so frantic 
frantic and doing so many different things in our lives these days that um, having some time, having a few hours of rest and, and focusing our attention back on God is a really, really important thing. So Joel talks about that as well as a lot of other subjects in this week's sermon from yesterday morning. Well, I wonder um, for each of you, who needs a holiday? Yeah, a couple of them, you're nodding, yeah. Some people, you've probably already been on a holiday. It's just been summer. I've had a good few weeks off. But often you get back to work and it feels like you never left. So we're either searching for that holiday or we've just been on one. It's just this rolling around um, cycle. And I think when you think of that holiday, what would be your perfect holiday? Or what would be your perfect day? And for some of us, it might be going out uh, with your friends, just hanging with them uh, for the day. For some of them, it might be having a great meal, going to a restaurant to eat some perfect food. Maybe it's alone time. You just need to get away from people and a bit of um, you time. Maybe it's uh, going out on the boat and having a fish or going for a surf. But when you look at your perfect day, I wonder, what does that look like for you? What does rest really look like for you? Or even looking, what actually brings you joy? What is a life-giving thing that you do? What does that look like? And well, what if I could tell you that you could have a holiday every single week? You'd take it up right now, wouldn't you? If I told you every single week you could have a holiday, you'd take it up. And for the last few months, this idea of the Sabbath keeps coming up. And so it started with Eli. He gave me this book. And Maddie's not here today, but I need to give it back to Maddie because I told her I would, so I'll do that eventually. Um, But Eli gave me this book, and then in our Young Adults Bible study, it came up a few times, and then Jess and myself would been watching the series The Chosen, and the Sabbath idea, you see it um, in its traditional sense um, being laid out, and you see Jesus doing certain things on the Sabbath as well. And so it keeps coming up, and I, I pondered, well, what does the Sabbath actually look like today? What does it look like today? We know it in its traditional sense, but what, how can we apply it today? Should we actually do it? Should we observe it? But the final uh, question is how would the Sabbath impact your life? So if you were to, uh, to have a Sabbath, what would the impact be? That's what we're going to impact, um, unpack today. And you see, when you look at your life, if you asked anyone this morning, how's it going? Most people, they might say, oh, it's just busy. Because life is simply just on the go. It's nonstop. And I believe this is why the Sabbath is such a vital thing. We actually need it. God designed it for our purpose, not the other way around. And God is inviting us, I read this week, to rest with him and rest in him. That is what it's all about. And so thank you to Andrew for reading um, Exodus 28 to 11. And so this is a part of the Ten Commandments. And so when you look at uh, these particular verses, it says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That's what I really want to focus on today, about remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Because you've got to figure out, well, what does that actually look like today? And I was reading, so John uh, Mark Comer, he has written this book, and there's other books as I've been researching more about Sabbath. But he says this, To keep it holy means to sanctify it, to set it apart, dedicate it to God for his special purposes. The Sabbath just isn't a day to just sleep in or relax, to do whatever brings you joy. It's a day to worship. And this is the the goal. It's to reorientate your entire life back to its center, back to the center of God. That's what it is about remembering it and keeping it holy. 
And so when you look and think about the Sabbath, what does it actually look like? See, the Sabbath, it was about um, having a relationship with God. That's the basis. But it's about um, both rest and worship as well. And the Old Testament, like we saw in Exodus, it refers to the Sabbath, and it goes all the way back to creation. And on that seventh day after God created the world, he rested. It's a time where we're simply meant to stop, but it's a time where God gets to dwell with his people and for us to be with each other as well. And so when you um, look at the traditional Sabbath, and I I encourage you, if if you haven't seen the Chosen series, go and watch it because it truly brings um, these biblical gospels to life. And it's great to just see... um, them perform the Sabbath in different ways and all those aspects that tie together. But traditionally, the Sabbath, it would be from sundown um, on the Friday to sundown on the, on the Saturday, and they would stop work altogether. They wouldn't work at all. It would often involve three different meals. It would start with a meal on that Friday. You would have the lunch on the Saturday and then finish in the afternoon. And a specific bread was made um, in each of the homes and, and was broken together. Candles would be lit and be um, blessed over. But most importantly, parents would bless the candles, the food, the wine that was there, but they would bless the children and the people that were sitting around them in the table. I think that is the shift. Often the people would then go down to the synagogue and the Torah would be read. And there would be specific verses of blessing, uh, scripture um, that would be linked to the Sabbath. And again, blessings would be on the people. That's what traditionally it would look like. So we get to the point today about how do we put in a a Sabbath in the modern day? How do you keep the Sabbath and make sure that it is holy? And Jesus, throughout the Gospels, he did so many different things on on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees, they kept thinking he was breaking all the rules. It was a real game changer. His life was flipping the world upside down. And the Pharisees were getting so annoyed about um, the fact that Jesus was um, performing healings and miracles on the Sabbath. Even on one occasion, his disciples were eating on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees were saying that this shouldn't be the case. They were fighting with him, arguing. And Jesus' response to what they had to say was this. The Sabbath was made for man, not the man for Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. See, the Pharisees, they're missing the point. The Pharisees put all these different laws around the actual Sabbath that they missed the truth about what it was all about. The Pharisees were missing the point, but I believe today we miss the point as well. See, growing up, I don't know what your life was like, but at some point my soccer team transferred from a Saturday to a Sunday. And my parents and I, we we had this great conversation about should or shouldn't I play. And guess what I did? I played on Saturday in a horrible team. We lost three years in a row, and that's my character building right there. (laughs) But we had this conversation about, yeah, should you um, uh, play soccer or other things on a Sunday? And even other friends, they weren't allowed to do anything else by church. There was no beach, no nothing. I don't know what your life looked like. But they were the conversations we were having. But then I'm reflecting that, thinking, well, I didn't play soccer on a Sunday, but I'm pretty sure all I did was after church was jump on the PlayStation and play FIFA or something anyway. And so that's the thing. We're missing the point. If I'm not playing soccer, how did I actually treat the Sabbath? And that's the challenge for us today. And so often 
either, um, and it still can be today, and it's what the Pharisees were getting caught up with. It was about rules and laws that were getting in the way. That's what they're holding on to rather than what the Sabbath was designed for. And then you can go the opposite end where people today, they look at the Sabbath and they just think it's a day to rest, day to sleep, and day to literally do nothing. But again, they are missing the truth. See, in my reading, it was the Sabbath is designed by God as a day to give yourself fully to delight in God's world. And your life in it, your life a part of that, and ultimately God himself. It's not about us. It's about him. And see, Jesus, in the Gospels, you see him performing healing on the Sabbath time and time again. And I believe today, that's what the Sabbath can do for us. It can be, bring healing it can bring restoration. And this can be a weekly thing, that weekly holiday. So we get to the point of, well, what does that actually look like today? And John, Mark Comer, he's really good at just unpacking, well, how can we put in practical tips in your life to make this actually possible? And so Garden City is one book that he writes, but he also writes this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Often our lives are just on the go and they're not stopping and he's trying to put in place, how do we stop and truly rest? And so he unpacked this thing. So there's the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a book or an audio book. But then he has this practical guide called How to Actually Unhurry. How to Unhurry is the title. And this is what he said. There's four practical steps for how do you actually put the Sabbath into practice. And so the first is to stop. It's the first thing you have to do, to stop. Cease from all working. No working at all. But I don't know about you, but when I take a day off, it's not really a day off. I'm either mowing the lawn or doing a chore or works on my mind and I'm checking my emails or something like that. We truly don't switch off. And I think part of that is often we have a guilt of taking a day off. Our world is so busy and hectic that we feel the pressure of society telling us you have to be busy for it to be good. And that's a massive challenge. So how do we truly find rest? Again, the Sabbath is designed for God as a day to give yourself fully to delight in God's world, in your life in it, and ultimately God himself. And the other point is, so the Sabbath, traditionally it's 24 hours of time you take a day of rest. And you're like, where on earth am I going to get 24 hours of time to rest? But I encourage you, look at your calendar I know you talked about space last week in church. Check your phone and how often you're on certain things. Check your TV time. Check your overtime for work. The time is there. It's just reorientated what you're doing with it. And traditionally, the time was from Friday sundown to, um, to Saturday sundown. But today, most people do it on a Sunday. And then also others, um, they do it midweek purely for schedule. And the thing is, when you look at 24 hours, you think, that's really daunting. How would I ever get 24 hours of time to literally stop and rest? And so maybe it's starting with four hours. You're partway there. You're here for two hours this morning. Invite some people over for lunch. There's your four. So when you look at your life and you flip what you're doing, the time is actually here. So to stop, you need to pick a time and you need to give it a try. And it might be difficult. It might be hard. You might slip up and mow the lawn one day or do something like that. But you need to stop, pick a time, 
and give it a try. That's the first thing he recommends. And the next is rest. But the thing is with rest, you need to prepare. You can't just tomorrow switch off from whatever's going on. And when we talk about rest, we're talking about you as a whole, both mentally, spiritually, physically, you as a whole person. And so when you look at rest, you're thinking, well, how and what are the external and internal obstacles in the way for me to truly take a Sabbath? Is it your to-do list for work? Is it your house jobs? For parents, is, is it the kids in terms of how are you going to get 24 hours when you've got your, your little kids around? And John Mark, he said, well, one idea is you could actually split your day in thirds. So for us, maybe Jess has the morning, then I have the, the next part, and then we have a family time as well. So it's thinking, how do you practically make this possible? Is it to have rest you need to prepare? And so you've got to think of a plan. What are you going to do? Do you have to clean? So if you're doing it Friday to, to Saturday, do you have to clean prior to that? Do you have to prep meals or think about what you're going to eat and actually go shopping prior to it? Are you going to meet anyone on that particular day? So maybe you have to organize that as well. What are you going to do? And the biggest ones that John Mark Homer kept saying is to switch off technology. And so switching off completely, putting it on do not disturb it and putting the phone away, or he says you can even just designate a couple of times throughout the day to check it. But it's switching off, switching off from all those things that our mind is often focusing on. But we need to prepare to take that day of rest. So the second thing is rest. And then we move to delight. In Marie Kondo, what sparks joy? I don't know if you're a cleaning fan, but Marie Kondo, what sparks joy? What gives you joy? What are the things that actually give you life? And for some of you, if I said exercise was the thing that actually gives you life, for some of you, you'd say, yes, of course. Others is like, I don't even want to walk to the shops. That's what my car is for. <laughs> then you think of gardening. Could be the same thing. Gardening, I think, is a chore, but other people, they see it as a beautiful thing as they sculpt and create and make that place look perfect. But what are the things that give you life? You could take it from the traditional sense of lighting candles and blessing the people around you. John Mark often talks about sharing a meal together and even starting the Sabbath with his kids. That's what they do. They start with a meal together, bless each other, and that is the rhythm that they put into place. Could it be... Be through music. Would it be worshipping, gathering like we are right now? Could be walking, having a nap, reading a book. Whatever brings you joy. Whatever is life-giving. And like I said, that is different for others. But what gives you life? And like I said, a meal is such an important thing. And I know, David, you talked about the power of a meal in muster a few years ago. And I really encourage you to think about that intentionally. What does a meal look like for you? Is it inviting people over into your house, inviting neighbours, inviting people from within your church community? What does that look like? But what you have to do is a checklist. There's two things when you look about, well, what am I going to do? And these are it. The first is, is this rest? Is this rest? But the second is, is this worship? Because this is the final point. Worship is the last thing that John Mark Comer is recommending because that's the game changer between a day off and a Sabbath because it's about God. 
So we get to the part of worship where it's about praise to our God. And he recommends you need to identify two or three things in your day where you can spend time with God, building that relationship so that could be through prayer. It could be through worship and song. It could be going into the bush in nature or down to the beach and spending alone time or simply being still. It could be actually studying the word um, and from a theological point of view or something like that, or it could just be reading a devotion, whatever looks, it looks like for you. But this is the foundation where you pause and you set time to be with God. And it might be you start the day somewhere in the middle of the day and at the end of the day you take time out to be with God. And you think, well, why should we do this? What's the importance of the Sabbath? And I feel the reasoning we need to do it is we will burn out. It's a life-giving thing. And Isaiah 58, 13, 14, it says this, and this is why we should do the Sabbath. It says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honourable, and you honour it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find joy in the Lord. You will find joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It's about finding joy in the Lord. And the more time you spend with him, you will find it. And I talked about Eli. He started this journey for me. And Eli, you've been doing the, well, pre-holidays. Your holidays were basically a long Sabbath. But pre that, you were doing every single Tuesday, you'd put in the rhythm of taking a Sabbath. And so for him, it'd be having a good sleep. I feel rest in that way in the physical is really important. We'd go for a surf, but you'd also find time throughout the day to do your devotions, open up your Bible and spend time with God. And then he would finish with a meal with his friends. And quality friends, iron sharpens iron, that are great conversations, building each other up. And you can see in Eli, when you talk about the joy of the Lord, it's upon him. He's taken that time out, and you can see it in him, that the joy of the Lord is on him. And I want a bit more of that. And so this is the question for you today. Well, what do you think the impact would be if you took the time out? You might start with four hours or have the 24 hours, but what would it look like for you? And so what we're going to do, um, I'm going to just put the four different questions up from today. And I want you to chat with your family, whoever's sitting next to you, thinking, well, could you actually put this in place? What would the impact be? And talk practically. So when would our family stop? What day, what time, what is going to work best for us? What do we need to prepare? There's a thousand to-do lists at home and work that we need to do. So what do we have to do to push that aside to make sure that we can actually have a day of rest when we're not scrambling to get the groceries or scrambling to think we have to do this other thing? And then it's moving into the fun part. Well, what's the delight? What's the joy bringers in your life? But finally, the foundation, the backbone, what connects you to God? What are you actually going to do to connect you to God? And how is you as a friend that's sitting next to you or your spouse or whoever is a part of your family, how are you going to share together and then keep 
each other accountable in that way as well. So I invite you now, chat the person next to you, go through some of these questions. You might only get to the stop part or you might get all the way to the end, but start to have these conversations of what the Sabbath might look like in your life. And I'll be back soon. Thanks to Joel uh, for that message and hope that you were able to be maybe not inspired, but encouraged by that, or at least there's uh, some thought-provoking ideas uh, from, from Joel's sermon uh, this week. We're back each and every week here on the Shire Salvos podcast. We had a bit of an extended break over the Christmas period, but uh, moving forward, we'll be releasing this podcast every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. As always, would love your feedback. Feel free to get in contact with me directly. Jack.Clifton at live.com.au is my email. If you want to uh, flick any suggestions or if there's something that you've been enjoyed in the podcast, or maybe there's something we're not doing that you'd like us to do, then uh, feel free to send that through. Also, you can contact the church office as well if there's uh, some feedback uh, that uh, that you want to give. Lots of uh, wonderful things in the pipeline for the podcast in 2023 and looking forward uh, to bringing that new uh, over the next 12 months. But until uh, next week, we'll have a brand new episode of the Shire Salvos podcast. Look after yourself. God bless. I'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.